0: Welcome back to the Fundamental Hour. This is our seventh week teaching on the subject of tongues. Many of you out there are curious about this teaching of tongues. Many of you have been taught wrong things in churches that you've attended. i trying to read scriptures and show you exactly what the Bible teaches about this subject of tongues. We're going to look again in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, but let me begin by saying that I have talked to many people who consider themselves to be Christians, um, who believe the Bible and will admit to me they go to churches that teach or they go to churches where tongues are spoken. And when I ask them about the tongues in their church, I will typically ask them, "Do you understand what is being said?" And most of them will admit to me, "No, I do not understand what's being said." And we call that ecstatic utterances. The word ecstatic means uh, when when something uh, when someone is filled with a, a power or spirit and they're speaking, and they're out of control. They really don't know what they're saying, and an utterance means to speak. So that's where we get the term ecstatic utterances. And this is what goes on in most of the tongue-speaking churches. Someone feels that they are overpowered with some type of power, and they speak in a tongue, and they do not know what they're saying or they just simply have been trained to do that, or they're faking it. But for whatever whatever reason, tongue speaking in most churches, admittedly, is someone speaking in a language that they don't know what they're saying, and the people listening to them do not know what they're saying. There's another belief in tongue speaking churches that... God has given them an ability to speak in a heavenly prayer language. So you'll have people admit to me, yeah, you're right, preacher. Um, When people speak in tongues at church, I don't understand them. And they'll agree with me that in Acts chapter 2, the people who heard tongue speaking in that chapter understood what they were saying. So they'll admit to me, that what is going on in their church is not biblical. But they'll say, oh, but pastor, God has given me a heavenly prayer language. I don't speak in tongues in church, but I speak in tongues in my private prayer, in my devotion with me and God, I speak in a heavenly prayer language. And the verse that they most often refer to to support their prayer language is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 2. We talked about this verse last week, and it's necessary that we mention it again this week, that we see what is happening here. So again, let's read from 1 Corinthians 14. The Bible says, Follow after charity, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So this verse says that the person speaking in an unknown tongue speaks unto God. And so this is the verse that many try to use to support their prayer language they say oh well i'm praying in an unknown tongue to my god so they're confused about what an unknown tongue is and we need to, to see clearly here that god is teaching that this unknown tongue is not a heavenly language it's not an ecstatic utterance it's not someone just blah, 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 speaking in a tongue or in a language that they have no idea what they're saying. But it says here in verse number 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. The one who speaks in the unknown tongue here is someone speaking in a language that they understand but that others in the church do not understand. God obviously understands them and hears them, but others do not. So there is no ecstatic utterance being spoken here. There is no heavenly language being spoken in these verses. So let me try to illustrate to you what I am explaining. If I were to go into a room of people and start teaching English, but everyone in the room speaks French, then I could accurately say that no man understands me. I'm speaking in English. I know exactly what I'm saying. Everyone I'm speaking to does not speak English. So if I make the statement, no man understands me, That is an accurate statement. So in verse number two, when the Bible says that the one speaking in an unknown tongue, that no one understands him, no man understands him, that statement does not include himself. Just like if I were in a room speaking in English to a room of people who only speak French, my tongue is unknown to them. They do not understand me, so no man understands me. That does not mean that I do not understand myself. And obviously God understands the English language and He knows exactly what I am saying. Furthermore, the Bible conclusively teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in verse number 10, that every voice or language has a meaning. Now we read this verse last week, and we talked about this verse last week. Let me read it to you again. The Bible says, There are, it may be, so many kind of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. God is telling us every voice has a meaning, but that doesn't mean everyone understands that language. So again, if I go into a room of people who speak French and I speak English, my voice has meaning. It has signification, the Bible says. It is a significant language. It can be understood. It is understood by me. So, the man spoke, the Bible says, in an unknown tongue. Well, according to verse 10, there are no tongues that do not have meaning. So, therefore, the man was speaking in a language that he understood that others did not. Furthermore, the Bible says that the man spoke mysteries. In verse number 2, it clearly, let's read it again. It says, Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Mysteries in the Bible are truths that are hidden to some but known to others. A mystery is a truth that has not yet been revealed or understood by everyone. This man is speaking mysteries. God is saying, look, you're speaking truth, okay? But because no one understands you, you need to sit down and be quiet because your truth is helping no one. Paul, speaking of himself and other men of God, makes this statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 it says let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God so paul was a steward of the mysteries of God that means paul was a steward of the truths of God god had revealed mysteries Paul. God had revealed truth to Paul that was known to him, but not known to everyone. And this man in 1 Corinthians 14 is speaking a language known to him. He is speaking truth, but no man understands him, and therefore he speaks unto God. This, these verses do not support the idea of this man speaking in some language that he does not understand to a God that has given him some type of special heavenly language. That is simply not what is being taught here. The charismatics that teach that these verses support a prayer language doctrine, There is n- they are simply ignoring the passage and what it clearly teaches because it does not teach that at all. Let's go to verse 13 where 1 Corinthians chapter 14 teaches us about prayer and tongues. Verse number 13 says this, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. We need to all understand that the passage of scripture we're reading in first Corinthians 14 is a part of a bigger passage that begins in chapter 12. And it is dealing with the church, the body of Christ. From chapter 12, 13, and 14, the the, the context of the scripture is a church meeting. It is the body of Christ. It is not someone having a personal prayer time with God. What this is referring to in chapter 14 is the church coming together. And it talks about it here in verses 13 through 17 where it says that someone is praying in an unknown tongue. So he's praying in a language that he understands but the people he's praying with do not. And Paul teaches us That when we pray, that we should pray with our spirit and with our understanding. What does that mean? To pray with the spirit means to pray with fervency, with sincerity. To pray with understanding means to pray where others can understand what you're saying. I want to illustrate to you... Exactly what I'm trying to teach to make this very clear. I'm going to have my friend Matthew come back. He, w- he helped us last week. He's going to help us again this week to understand what I'm teaching today. So this is Brother Matthew Swain, and he's visiting us from America right now. And he speaks another language other than English. And I'm, he and I are going to demonstrate to you what the Bible is teaching here in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 13, 13 through 17, concerning prayer. So, Brother Swain, if you would just stop, uh, if you could lead us in prayer. Sure, let's pray. Dios, gracias por su amor, gracias por las bendiciones de la día, y ojalá nosotros puedan usar esas bendiciones por su honra, su gloria, y todas las cosas que... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't understand you. Do you understand him? No, right? What language are you speaking? Spanish. So he's speaking the Spanish language. Now, what were you saying? Thank you, Lord. We want to honor you with our lives and we want to use what you give us for your honor and for your glory. Okay, so you knew what you were saying. Yes. And you were sincere about what you were saying. Yes. So you were praying in the spirit and you understood it, but what he was saying was unfruitful to me. And what it says here in chapter 14, it says, else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit. So he, he said to us that he was praising God, right? You yes. were, he was praising God. That's what it mean. He blessed with his Spirit. He was praising God with his Spirit. But I don't know Spanish. So I occupy the room of the unlearned. I am not aware of that language, so I cannot say amen at what he is saying. And what he is saying in Spanish does not edify me. It doesn't build me up. It doesn't encourage me. It doesn't help me because I can't understand it. And what it's saying here, it's teaching us in verse number 17. It says, For thou... Speaking of him, thou verily or truly givest thanks well. But the other, that's me, is not edified. So we have to remember the purpose of speaking to people, preaching truth to people, is to help them. And the purpose of praying with someone, yes, it is that we would get our prayers answered, but it's also that we would be a blessing and a help and an encouragement to the one we're praying with and therefore we must pray in a language that both of us understand so when brother swain prays in english could you pray that in english yes let's pray heavenly father we thank you for life today Amen. And I pray that our lives would honor you today. Yes. And everything that we do today would bring you honor and glory. Please, Lord. Please, Lord, help us to live our lives for you. Amen. The way you want us to. Thank you. So when he prays in English, I understand it. He understands it. God's understand understands it. And I am edified. And this is what the Bible is trying to teach us in 1 Corinthians 14 that whatever we do in our church services is supposed to be for the edification and the help of those listening and participating. So the purpose of the church services is not to impress us with how many languages you speak. The purpose of the church service is not for Brother Swain to come and show us that he can speak another language. The purpose of the church service is us to help each other and to edify one another and bring glory to God. Thank you, Brother Swain, for helping us. My pleasure. And uh, God bless you. Now, is there any need for a mysterious heavenly prayer language? Now, we've demonstrated to you from 1 Corinthians 14 that that's not what is happening in that chapter. But is there any need for a heavenly prayer language? Let me just reason with you for a second. As I pointed out before to you, many people who claim to be Christians, who go to churches, who speak in other tongues, or who speak in tongues, who speak in ecstatic utterances, blah, 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 blah. They admit that that's not biblical, that the Bible doesn't support what goes on in their services. But they try to claim this idea of a heavenly prayer language. Well, let me ask you this question. And and by the way, let let uh, let me tell you what they tell me. They tell me, Pastor, the reason we pray in a heavenly prayer language is so that Satan cannot understand what we're talking to God about and interfere with our plans and God's will. This is an absolutely ridiculous thought why would an almighty god fear satan knowing his plans if you know anything about the bible you know that satan probably knows the bible better than we do when satan tempted christ in matthew chapter 4 he quoted the bible to christ he took the bible and he tried to use it against christ and the defense that christ had against Satan is that he knew what the scripture said in its totality and he was able to say to Satan, yes, that is what the Bible says, but the Bible also says this. You're using the scripture out of context. This is what the Bible says and this is the truth. And so Satan is very aware of what God's will is. He's very aware of what the Bible says. And God is not living in fear of Satan knowing your prayers. Look, when I read my Bible and I read the book of Psalms, I am reading the prayers of the saints of God. They didn't need a heavenly prayer language to talk to God and God didn't need to give us what they said in some kind of code. He gave it to us in a clear, plain language where we could understand it. Prayer is meant for man to communicate with his God. If a man prays in a language that he does not understand, then how could this possibly help him in having fellowship with his God? How can I say that I'm fellowship with God and having devotion with God when I have no idea what I'm saying to God? God's given me some kind of language that I don't even understand. That makes no sense with the Scripture and what God is trying to accomplish through prayer. It is when we pray in the Spirit, sincerely and fervently, that we can have sweet fellowship with God, and that requires that we understand what we're saying. Because if we didn't understand what we're saying, it could not help us to have a close relationship with God. A man needs to clearly know what he's saying in order to be sincerely praying to his God. The teaching of a heavenly prayer language is not supported by Scripture. It's not supported by common sense either. Prayer is meant to be a simple act of man speaking to his God. And this does not require a heavenly prayer language. And 1 Corinthians 14 does not support a heavenly prayer language. Now, if you have not seen our episodes Leading up to this one, this is the seventh in a series of lessons on tongues. I would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and watch the other lessons that I've taught leading up to this one, and I think it will help you greatly. Again, if you have any doubts about whether you will go to heaven when you die, please contact us at Fundamental Baptist Church. We want to help you. God bless you and thank you for listening to our program today.